Hi, Anya. Hi, Tansy. How are you? Good, good. Um, yeah, it's it's a beautiful sunny day here again, which is always good. <laughs> nice. I'm jealous. We've got rain oh, and lots of wind. You've got rain. <laughs> yeah, I think it's oh, good. That's good too. <laughs> it's good for all those plants you've got back there. Yeah, yeah. It keeps it green. Mm -hmm. So uh, today we are having another crypto conversation, which yes. Um, and we're going to talk more, I guess, cleanly, crisply um, about Bitcoin and what it is. So if I were to say to you, uh, what is Bitcoin? What is the first thing that would come to your mind? That it's a decentral coin, form of money, form of... Uh, um, value that's not in the hands of the government mm. there's much more it's 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 sort of the money of the people mm -hmm. in a sense at least the crypto people that are involved in it currently <laughs> <laughs> so that's what comes to mind and that's what i find so um liberating i think it's the evolution of currency so that's what I think of. What do you think of? Or what's your take? <laughs> yeah, I guess when I think of Bitcoin, um, essentially, I, I guess I see a web. I see this web that stretches across the world. Um, like you said, a decentralized uh, system. But Bitcoin is both a system and a coin. And I think that can be kind of confusing to people is that they you know, you hear Bitcoin and people can be talking about the whole network, um, but they can also be talking about a Bitcoin, um, a coin that is on that network. So the name is the same, but essentially Bitcoin is both. It's both a network and the coin that is created on that network. Um, so how I see it is this sort of, is this great web uh, with kind of Bitcoin passing across the web. Uh, and yeah, like little nodes, as they're called, are like the little center points all across the world that help to run the network. So that's how I sort of, I look at it. Um, but in terms of maybe what it offers <laughs> or like what are its principles, I guess I could go there, like being more specific, is that, um, you know, this network creates uh, a system that like Anya said, that you said, um, that is out of the hands of the government. So it creates a system that is kind of run by the people for the people, run by the world for the world, like it's permissionless. So anybody can join in this network. Anyone can be a node and like support uh, the whole network um, in terms of its running. So in that sense, it's it, it's it's completely decentralized. Like the, the um, the sort of running points of the network. So how it is, is maintained, they're dotted all around the world. So it's completely decentralized and distributed. You know, all over the world, anybody can get on that. And that includes people who are bankless, who don't, who don't have the opportunity to be part of a bank, whether it's because their banks are corrupt or they're shut down whether it's because they have no access to banks because they live in rural areas and they can't get to the city. And so they're, 
they have no means of sending and receiving money and even like saving money. So with, with Bitcoin, they now have access to exchange, to sending money all over the world to receiving money for minimum fees. Mm. Um, you know, and being, you know, in America, there's in North America, there are so many people, so many families from Central America and South America that are coming here. And they're always sending money. The money they make here, they send back home to their families that are still there. You know, that used to take forever for them to do that in terms of the process. And it was so expensive. I mean, there was a huge percentage of money that was taken out for that transaction. Mm. Now they can just do it mm. with their phone, mm. you know? Mm. So I find that um, hopeful. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a really important part of what Bitcoin wanted to establish was banking the unbanked, was to allow anybody to access um, Bitcoin. So anyone can set up a wallet, anyone can purchase Bitcoin, anyone can send Bitcoin. So like it's uncensored. No one is telling you, no, you can't send that, that Bitcoin to so-and-so. And no one is telling you, no, you can't access the Bitcoin network. No one is telling you, no, you can't buy Bitcoin. Um, obviously your government <laughs> might prevent you, but the Bitcoin network doesn't. Like you are not shut out of the network. Every It is open to everybody and anyone. Um, and if you want to help to secure the network, you can you know, download basically the, the, the Bitcoin program and run a node to support the entire network. And you basically download the entire Bitcoin ledger. So every transaction that's ever happened, you can like download that um, and that's helping to support the security of the network, because that means that the, the final like ledger, um, as we're up to at the moment, is basically distributed all across the world. Uh, and if you want to support that, you can, you know, you can easily do that. And if you want to actually mine Bitcoin, you can do that too. We need a bigger computer called a, a miner, but, uh, or quite a few of them nowadays but you can do that too so you can actually be part of the network in creating new bitcoin in validating the network um in putting you know helping to you know add those transactions to um to the ledger so it's it's basically this open platform where anybody can participate both like fun like from the inside like supporting the system and kind of coming at it by having a wallet and you know using bitcoin um, so just simply by buying Bitcoin and holding it, you are, it's kind of your vote. You are being part of yeah. the system. Um, and it's, yeah. yeah, it's, it's a really, it's such a cool um, structure because of that. TNZ, can you talk a little bit more about blockchain and how the nodes and how the nodes are part of this and relate to this blockchain? Yes. Especially, uh, specifically the, the Bitcoin blockchain. Okay, so the Bitcoin blockchain, um, so Bitcoin basically, when I'm talking about this network, um, it is built on the blockchain or the ledger is, um, is, is on a blockchain. So how I explain that is it's kind of a key principle of, of Bitcoin. So how it works is that a normal... Uh, centralized organization they may have a database like a bank like a bank exactly <laughs> so they may have 
um, a database, like their centralized database, where they have all of the information of all of the transactions that have ever happened. So if I'm sending my money to you or you are sending it to someone else, they will you know, have all of that information listed and that's on a centralized database. Now, what that requires is um, a database that needs to be held in one location essentially, or it needs to be overseen by a single kind of entity, which makes it susceptible to manipulation by that entity if they choose to manipulate the information or it gets deleted or, um, you know, there's, it's, it's like held in one place. So what blockchain does is it allows for that information to be seen ultimately by everyone. And it, it's a, a way of like a database essentially being spread out across the world so um, you can access the database from anywhere so essentially what the blockchain allows for is it's actually a, it's a it's a literal chain of blocks and a block is a ba basically a transaction a list of transactions and versus like columns and rows in a what we're used to in terms of excel spreadsheets and holding yeah. the information in that yeah. way yeah, exactly. I think, you know, it's just, it's literally just a sort of, it is just a kind of a list, a short list of transactions. So, and they can only be a certain amount on each block because um, there's a, a size. So yeah, like in a database, you could have multiple layers of the database where you're kind of clicking through to find out all of your data and information. With a blockchain, it's every time you transact with Bitcoin, it goes it is added to a ledger, just a short, like a kind of short ledger called a block. And that block, when it's complete, is then added to the blockchain, a chain of these blocks. And then that gets, um, that then gets distributed to everybody around the world. So they all have an up-to-date copy of all of the transactions that have ever happened. So you can imagine this, like how I kind of think of it is, um, is like a train with like, really small compartments going coming along and the train is being built so as it's kind of it's got this big long stretch behind it of all of the transactions of bitcoin and then as new transactions come in they are forming carriages and then that carriage once it's complete gets added and the train gets longer and then more transactions mm -hmm. come in get added to a to a carriage or a block and that block gets added once it's complete but at each stage mm -hmm. every 10 minutes that the entire train the entire blockchain is is kind of published to everyone who has a node across the world and so they download that up-to-date transaction list so if anything happens to one of the nodes somewhere in the world all of the others can basically show the current status of the blockchain so you can't what that means is that all of the transactions that have ever been recorded on on Bitcoin, you cannot destroy that and you cannot kind of go back in time and re um, and update something. So if you tried to do that on just, you know, if you tried to do that by the time it kind of got published, it would be the, the train would have been longer and everything would have been distributed already Like you would have to do it instantly and you'd have to do it across the whole network at the same time it's basically impossible to manipulate the data of the past. So everything, everything that has ever been done on the blockchain, on the Bitcoin blockchain is recorded and it's constantly being, that's constantly being, you know, publicized and downloaded.
So what that does is it means that no single person is in charge of that data. Uh, nobody can destroy it. So it's incorruptible and it's immutable. So it's a ledger, a, a list of transactions that cannot be denied. You can't say, oh, no, that never happened because you can see it quite clearly on the blockchain and on the ledger. So that's kind of how you can see it. it's literally a chain of blocks of transactions. Um, and so that's how the information is stored. That's how the transaction history is stored of Bitcoin. Just to add another layer, every time a block is added, Bitcoin gets mined. We have miners that we call them miners. Um, and what they do is they are the ones that oversee the adding of a block to the blockchain. And if they get to add their block to the blockchain, they get Bitcoin as a reward for that. Um, and there's lots of competing miners across the world trying to be the next one to add a block of transactions to the blockchain. Um, and in order to do that, they, their computers, their miners, need to uh, basically guess a complex uh, series of numbers. And whichever computer or mining machine gets it first, they get to add the block to the blockchain and they get the Bitcoin. Um, and the difficulty of that number uh, varies over time. So if you have not very many miners in the world, that it, it can only take 10 minutes. So it makes it a bit easier. If there's loads of miners competing, the computational effort is enhanced. Um, and then, uh, so it's, it requires more computational effort uh, to, to find that number. Does that make sense? So, yeah, it totally makes sense. And it makes me think about, so when was the first block on the Bitcoin blockchain created? Yeah, so it's How called, long ago was that? It's called the Genesis block. Um, and I believe it was in 2009 when Bitcoin was launched. Um, and you can kind of, you can go back in history and see um, the first basically Bitcoin that was ever mined. So, so how did this all come about? Where did Bitcoin come from? So Bitcoin, we don't know. So um, there's a, a, a person or a, a group of people called Satoshi Nakamoto who launched um, basically the Bitcoin white paper, which is a um, kind of unpacking the principles of Bitcoin. And they released that in 2009. And the first, oh, the first Genesis block was mined on the 3rd of January, I believe in 2009, because uh, that's the sort of birth date that we use for Bitcoin. Um, so it was like, that was when the white paper as well was released to explain what uh, Bitcoin was, but it's been, they're completely anonymous. We don't know who is behind Bitcoin being released. Um, and the reason for that is it remains decentralized. It remains like un, like outside of the control of any single person or entity. And everybody who is involved in Bitcoin basically has come to it like you and me and everybody, we've all come to it and it's opened itself up to us and we can get as involved or not as we want. It's openly available. Even the code, the Bitcoin code, it's open source. Anybody can see the code. And so, for example, Ethereum and a lot of the other um, blockchains have taken that code, literally duplicated it, adjusted it, and then released it as a new blockchain and coin. Because the code of how Bitcoin works is available to anybody to see. Um, so everything is transparent about it. 
um, other than the founder. <laughs> um, but there is, yeah, I mean, basically once it was released, it becomes, it's automatic the way that it works. So, you know, whoever wants to become a miner, whoever wants to become a node, whoever wants to buy Bitcoin, you just jump in and you just utilize it. And as you're utilizing it, it develops, it grows, it moves forward. So the, you know, the founders don't need to do anything. It just, it's a continuously um, growing and evolving um not really evolving it's just what it is <laughs> but it's a continually growing um technology uh, and so that's why it can't really be stopped because of that um it's like it's it's this form of storage and money that has it's it's like it's its own entity and it gets its life force from all the individuals and institutions, or let's say individuals that hop on board with it. Mm. And that's where its essence comes from, mm. from humanity across mm. the globe. Oh, I love Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. That's really true. Um, and there is an energy piece, but that's why, because it's also our energy that we put in. And it's, you know, that's why it's the computational effort. It's called proof of work, but it's, mm. it's, it's our energy physically, the energy that is required for it. And it's our energy. It's our kind of devotion to it and our use of it yeah. is what keeps it is what keeps it going and thriving because everything does require energy um, and value requires energy. And um, that's also kind of an interesting piece of Bitcoin. But I love I love that idea. It's. It's something Whoa. that we <laughs> yeah, we, all, we all make we all create yes like, we're yeah. all yeah I, I think that's a beautiful thing mm. you know as opposed to you know the u.s dollar <laughs> that only certain people get to make as much as they want of <laughs> yeah and what i mean certain only certain people are the fed <laughs> are the only ones who can create uh dollars um but and I could myself mine Bitcoin. I could create, I could bring it, I could birth Bitcoin if I wanted to. Yeah. That's, that's powerful. Mm. And like you said, it's just, you can get involved in Bitcoin and crypto as much as you want to, however you feel comfortable. I mean, you could go so deep or you could stay really at the surface if you want, you know, it depends on what you, what energy you want to put into that system. And that's the same with the world's, the greater system, you know, it's like, what do you want from this, this world? What do you want from the system in which supports you? Or, you know, what do you want from our monetary system? What do you want from our welfare system? What do you want? Because, where you put your energy, where you put your attention, like that's, that thing can grow. And so, you know, with Bitcoin, we think about all of those people that are involved in Bitcoin are wanting a better system of money, a more equitable system of money. And this is the, this is the offer. And it's something, and with Bitcoin, it's this totally open, free, equitable enterprise or technology right that you can be a part of that you can help to evolve 
And you can take your consent out of a system that you don't love and put it into a system that you do. And like you say, like as much as you want, you can do a little bit if you only believe a little bit. And if you really believe a lot, you can put more in, more attention, more energy. Um, and that's, I think, the way to, to creating a different world for us all is, is contemplating what it is that you want to see, like more freedom or more restriction. Um, government control over your money or more equitable open you know supportive principles around money like what is it that you want and then recognize that there are ways that you can um yeah direct your your attention your money your energy into those those different systems and bitcoin is the monetary one and it's it's really i am so grateful and excited that we have it yeah it's given me a lot of hope over yeah. the past years. So yeah, yeah, a lot of opportunity for so much uh, positive growth and community building. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, because I think that's, I think we talked about this a little bit before, but it's the community around Bitcoin because it's people who believe in a different dream, you know, a different system. Yeah. And we can always dig deeper. Um, in the next videos yeah perfect because there's always more to talk about <laughs> it's endless which is another beautiful thing about bitcoin and crypto yeah. yeah very well said all right well it's gorgeous speaking bye. to you today yeah. and i'll speak great to you chatting bye bye